All right, and welcome horror fans back for another episode of the Northwest Nightmares Film Fest podcast. My name is Alan Cunningham, and I am the event organizer for Northwest Nightmares. I'm also the technology coordinator at Northwest Access Television right here in St. Albans. That's the the organization that puts on the Northwest Nightmares Film Festival every year. Uh, I want to take a second just to thank our sponsors, uh, Vermont Surrogacy Network and Twigs Restaurant in St. Albans. If your business would like to become a sponsor, you can reach out to us at info at northwestaccess.tv or you can reach us by phone at 802-782-8676 there's still plenty of time for us to take your money yeah so we're back for another third episode i just want to give everybody a quick heads up uh one of the things that was brought to my attention and we should definitely keep people and let them know what's going on um we are still doing our premiere on october 25th at the weldon theater and the one on the 28th at the Sunset Drive-In, um, COVID guidelines. It seems like everything's kind of ramping up right now, and it makes me a little scared and nervous. But um, I just want to let you know that we are going to adhere to the COVID policies and procedures for each of those venues. So if you have any questions, you can go to the Weldon website. They uh, are updating their COVID policy almost on a daily basis with things changing. So um Fingers crossed everything's going to be in the free and clear come uh, the end of October. So folks, this week, my guest, I'm very excited about this one. We have the former event organizer for Northwest Nightmares, and he's also a former participant in Northwest Nightmares. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome, Zach Scheffler. Zach, how's it going? Hey, Alan, it's it's going well. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I am super psyched to be here. Nice. So why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about your background, what kind of got you into Northwest Nightmares and, and things of that nature. I attended, I think it was the 2014 um, Northwest Nightmares, hosted by Renee LaRocque-Rayum and her husband. Um, at the time, I went as a participant, and it was one of the coolest things that I experienced in St. Almas at the time. I had just moved into the city, and it, being a movie fan, it was awesome to see that right next door, right down the street. Um, after that, working here at, at Northwest Access TV, I uh, took over the organizing for the event, and that gave me a whole new perspective on the process. Before that, um, I had submitted a film. And that was also amazing. One of uh, one of my fondest memories of of doing any sort of filmmaking. Very very cool. What was hosting your first festival like? I it's a lot to put together. There are a lot of moving pieces. Everybody's great though, and that makes all of it worth it. I've always enjoyed building things to see and and experience other folks participating and enjoying those same things. So the film festival was kind of a natural extension of that on top of being a horror film fan. I've always been a horror film fan. And so it was a it was a really it was a really great opportunity and I was inspired by, you know, the ideas that Renee had come up with as well as um, Chris Hoyt, who was the original, the creator of the film festival. They all had amazing ideas. So to get the chance to organize something like that, put my own spin on things, it was great. Organizing it was a lot. And you know, I'm happy that each and every time people came through and it, it it was pulled off just perfectly, just perfectly. That's awesome. Is there is there anything that you wish you could have done? I, I would say that one of the things that's happening this year 
um, a screening at a, at a different theater, that was always what I feel everybody, Chris, Renee, and myself, were always working towards. Um, you know, we have, the film festival has been connected to Franklin County and, and St. Albans specifically. But, uh, you know, it got to a point where we were screening films from all over the state. And so seeing that, the natural next step is I would love for the folks who are submitting their films to see all of these, see their own movie at their own local theater. And so, you know, with the Sunset Drive-In, that's what um, I feel I was always, or wish I would have gotten a chance to do. Uh, but seeing that happen now, it's just really exciting. And it's really, it's really cool to see. Yeah, It's really cool to see. We were really hoping to get the Sunset Drive-In last year, but it just didn't work out. And watching them stay open through November and December, and I think they close in like early January for a few months, mm -hmm. it's kind of a no-brainer. And especially in the climate we're in right now, we have to get there. So Paul kind of took the reins and really like knocked on the door of of uh, Pete, who owns the drive-in, and and he was he's he's over the moon about it now. So we're we're really thankful and grateful and lucky to have this second venue and for me on a personal level i grew up down the street from the sunset drive-in so it was a right weekend, reach, weekend ritual yeah. of get your pajamas on grab a pillow you can there and there's four movies going on at a time so if mm -hmm. my parents wanted to go see one movie i'd bring a little headset and attune my, my am radio and look out the back window and watch the other movie that's awesome and it was just <laughs> it's still one of the best um film viewing experiences you can have and sadly it's like the it's the one most on the brink of extinction right now if it's not already just you know just about completely done and then if you look at movie theaters nowadays anyways it's it's such a struggle and it it's 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 not disheartening it's just it's sad because man that was like that was my safe space when i was a kid was the movie theater mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's why festivals like this are so important um to you know reconnect people to their local, their local independent theaters, and the Weldon and the Sunset are are doing it, and keeping something alive. That's really important. Without folks like that, I, you know, it, it would be harder to do this. And I always heard organizing the film festival the biggest thing. Everybody felt most, you know, they were most grateful for, and what you know was more important to them more than the competition, more than the prizes. I always heard people saying seeing it on the big screen with everybody watching, everybody's attention paid to the, you know, this, you know, unbelievably large screen, you can't get it at home. Everybody being there together and reacting to these movies, you know, all together in the same place, it's unbeatable. You can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I, I'll, I'll always be going to movie theaters. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I can't, uh, yeah, there's an energy in the room when that happens. Mm -hmm. you just, it, it's, it's, uh, it's when you get that many like-minded folk together, and, uh, and the thing I found just from, you know, being a judge of it a couple of years ago and doing mm -hmm. the online only version last year mm -hmm. is the, the, uh, the repeat submitters, mm -hmm. people like Brent Campbell and Joe Wills and Mason Mashtair, yeah. who Mason has gone from making, you know, little student films. He's going off into uh, Sweden for two weeks to mm -hmm. be the production assistant. So wow. it's, it, it gives people that, that kind of that hook of oh this is this is definitely what i want to do mm -hmm. yeah uh zach what 
let's talk horror movies. Right on. What's your favorite, uh, what's your go-to genre, niche? What's your, do you like, uh, you know, blood core? Are you a, a, a oh. black and white? Um, what's your... <laughs> I'm going to ask you off air uh, what blood core is, because I don't know <laughs> what that is. Um, I have always really enjoyed uh, psychological horror movies um, and also body horror uh, horror films. Uh, psychological horror. I remember watching Jacob's Ladder uh, at a time where um, I didn't really, I, I hadn't seen anything like it before. Uh, that led me to, you know, watch a lot of um, 80s movies like The Thing, of course, and, and so many. Um, also, other, you know, movies like Rosemary's Baby yeah. and, and other films, particularly from the 70s. I, um, I think I, I watched more of those. That is what introduced me to horror movies. Uh, you know, everybody gets into horror, you know, being horror fans. Everybody gets into horror at a different, like at a different place or a different decade, you know, uh, 80s slasher films. I yeah. mean, um, you know, for me it was uh, 70s, you know, horror dramas or, you know, um, these these suspenseful psychological horror experiences. So I love them. Um, most recently, uh, I watched, or I guess several years now, It's it's been a while, something that really rekindled my love of this particular, particular genre and really told me, like, this is the kind of horror movie, like, was a movie called Hereditary. Oh. And... I had a like visceral, emotional, and physical reaction watching that movie that I had not felt watching anything else before. Went to see it at the Roxy in mm-hmm. in Burlington, and um, that movie kind of changed my outlook on on horror films. Past that point, I it, it's been very few movies that that I feel compare to that, um, and it has really just kept me seeking out similar films. Um, you know, recently St. Maud came out. That is, that's an amazing movie. Um, the Dark and the Wicked yep. is, is something, is a, a more, most recent movie. I think it was a 2020, 2019 film that came out mm-hmm. that I can't say enough good things about. And, um, and psych- psychological horror for me, it's, it's uh, why I enjoy it is because uh, it's, more than just a horror movie it's it's a usually has a lingering question and something that it really leaves you with to think about at the end of the movie that um you know forces you to reflect on your own life and or the state of uh society or you know a particular event or a a state of being or a time in one's life um that's why i like those movies so much psychological horror films because they 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 really ask you to engage with it in m- more of a you know in more than just reacting to the you know um the the stimuli that's on screen yeah the it, jump scares and the, yeah. the you know it goes it doesn't go for the it goes for the the long con almost you know it's i want you to think about this after this movie's gone, yeah, it's not just going to be the scares, which are there. Which, <laughs> oh you know, yeah, but yeah, it's it's very purposeful and deliberate, and I think a lot of the filmmakers have really, they have things that they want to say through these films um, that that they that they they use this particular horror movie language to to convey those ideas. I know uh, Ari Aster, who directed movies like well, Hereditary and. Um, uh, 
Midsommar and, and, and a few others. Is he directing the new movie that's coming out, Lamb? Have you seen the trailer for that? I don't believe so, but um, I, I actually don't know what his more recent projects are. I, I know he was talking with um, Zachary Quinto. They both love... Um, they both love Hellraiser oh, a that's lot, right. and they—they're talking about doing a remake, and they really wanted to, you know, revisit that. So we'll see where Ari goes, you know, next. But you know, uh, undercurrent of all his films, even some of his earlier short film work, um, like uh, I think uh, something's wrong with the Johnsons or Meet the Johnsons, is this um, this paradox of family? How family can be the most beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but it can also disguise or really obscure a lot of, you know awful things or, or things that affect us as human beings. So he's always analyzing that and, and talking about that through his films. I think that's fascinating. And then um, body horror, I, I absolutely love um, David Cronenberg. I'll, I'll watch any David Cronenberg movie yeah. um, multiple times over. Uh, you know, it leads into great, you know, practical effects or, or makeup that is, uh, you know, an entire realm of itself of, of mastery and, and, and artistry. But I, I love... Uh, I love all those films. So yeah, if you had to ask me, two genres, psychological horror and body horror. Um, those are two great, great genres, yeah. Absolutely. Can't get enough of them. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I started out just uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was born in 83. I was yeah. the youngest of three kids. Yeah. So my oldest sister, when I was, you know, seven, I think she was 16 or 17. Yeah. She had no problem with renting this movie or that movie and she was she was the encyclopedia of movies so we every friday night we'd go to the movie store with her and she had already seen all of these but right you know, going to the movie store and and picking out some, just and you and with horror movies you the how many people have stumbled upon movies that have changed their life simply by the cover art because <laughs> they go oh that looks neat yeah you know it's uh yeah so i grew up i was born and raised on the slashers i love them i've branched off into everything since and yeah it's always it's always fun to find out what kind of what was steered people into the the horror genre because there's so many different avenues they can go in it can be oh, i really like the uh you know cinematography mm-hmm. in the movie halloween that was really well it's john carpenter he did mm-hmm. a fantastic job with that uh, maybe it's the practical effects you like seeing heads blow up and stuff like oh man yeah. you know so who doesn't yeah so <laughs> it's just it's such a beautiful genre and and people give it you know a bad rap because it's you know death and horror it's provocative it's provocative in so many ways yes but and it's just it wants to you know it's trying to tell you something it's just kind of wrapped in this scary facade oh yeah and uh yeah yeah good call with a midsummer that's or hereditary hereditary just it's you know your mileage may vary uh you don't have to watch it it's not required viewing uh it's divisive but just see how far you can get into it yeah and then and yeah. then converse with somebody you know yeah about, I have a i love have a, a movie group we have book clubs yeah you know um movie clubs with with friends and family you know people on the internet of course you know uh i i think i love it when people i love talking about movies in fact this podcast if we keep going down this rabbit hole we're, we're that's what we're <laughs> going to turn this into yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah talk to your friends about the movies you watch you know, analyze and critique the media that you consume in all aspects and all areas because it's really important and it's an art form. And that's that's what art forms give you space to do. So you've been a participant and a host for the event. Yeah. Um, what did you see as a participant that you didn't realize 
as a as the the organizer and vice versa sure that's a good question it's a hard one because each being an organizer and being a filmmaker um, they both they both do different things and they're expressions of you know of a similar thing in, in different ways um, I I'll say that you know the anxiety <laughs> and collaboration and coordination that it uh, that was required to to put together the film festival um, that was that was rewarding because and for me personally and this is just something that I just innately enjoy is just seeing other people enjoy things having a good time so for me packing a house you know full of folks um, you know being there for people to um, you know, help them through this journey of of expressing themselves. Um, the end result of that was it was great. Um, however, I don't think I could have done that without having participated first, in some fashion, because you know, knowing about you know uh, the the challenges. There's so many challenges, um, and being a filmmaker, those challenges uh, you know can be frustrating and give you that same anxiety. The due dates, the mm -hmm you know, getting the cast together, film dates, um, writing, editing, like they all present, you know, um, they really challenge you as a, as a creator to, <laughs> to um, fully realize your vision or at least try to, try to work towards that. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being a, a creator, being the filmmaker, um, seeing your movie up on screen, it was, I had never, my, the, the one movie I had never seen really any a homemade movie on a cinema screen before yeah. so to see it larger than life that big and also just to be amongst in a crowd and they're reacting to these moments that you that you thought of or like anticipated there's nothing can beat that it it was really it was really it was really cool different challenges different levels of of anxiety or different types of stress but you know both of them are worth it uh, I hate to choose, but you know that creative effort really puts it over the top. Yeah. Really puts it over the top, and and honestly, um, you know, while getting your movies into a theater, if you have an indie, if you're listening to this and you have an indie theater, you know, uh, in your town or in your city, um, there are numerous, you know, ones here in Vermont, but elsewhere there there certainly are others. Um, even if you you know own a, a chain or or a or, or if you um, if your local theater is a chain or or a franchise, um, talk to people, get managers' email addresses, call them, and ask them about this because um, you know just the state of theaters now and into the future most likely um, those local connections are going to make all the difference. So if you're a filmmaker and you have made film uh, a film or movie, even if um, you know you're you're big uh, on YouTube or something else, um, you know challenge your local theaters to. To, to to do this and lead that charge and organize your your own film festival it's um that's the thing nobody realizes that you don't need a license to start a film festival <laughs> yeah. anybody can do it yeah and the website film freeway really just makes it so easy for anybody to set it up it's so i can't say enough good things about that website it's the, i think you and i had talked before and that website kind of does 95 percent of the work it's still a lot of work but it's it the 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 handling the of the mechanical the back of the house kind of stuff getting things in getting tickets out 
it's so nice to have just a nice service like that for it. Yeah, um, any way you can. Start a, start a film festival, yep. period. Get your stuff on the screen. That's And I think that's kind of been my takeaway with, with my last interview with Mason and with you is how often are you going to get to see yourself, you know, 25 feet tall on, on, a, on, a, on a screen? You can't get that. Even with an 80-inch television at home, it's not the same. And you know what? Another thing you really, you really can't get, um, you know, movies are such a, they're such a large industry, you know, and, and where you, the, the kinds of movies that you end up seeing at your local theater are, you know, often dictated not by even what your neighbors or your town likes. It's a, it's a huge industry and, and for, you know, good reasons and bad, um, you know, you'll see a certain type of, of movie or film in your, in your theater. Local movies, while you don't have the budget of uh, uh, Disney or, you know, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, making your own films and getting other people to participate in, that's the currency that really is, un, it's just, it's unmatched anywhere else. Bringing together people, your friends, your family, creating movies, watching movies together, you know, it's it's just a really fantastic experience that um, that brings people closer together. And like this festival and others like it, it's just... That's the thing above everything else that is so incredible to me and to think about is that like everybody's coming together over everybody else's movies. Yeah, exactly. And that's so cool. So, Zach, I got a final question here for you. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to any aspiring uh, Northwest Nightmares uh, participants? That's an intensely good question. There are a lot of answers to that. There is a lot of advice. I'd say, number one, research, research, research. If you, you know, read horror novels, if you're a, you know, a horror film fan, you know, find, discover, you know, notable films in the genre you like. There are so many websites with, you know, resources on the craft of filmmaking, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. put any question about filmmaking into YouTube, you'll get a lot of advice and it's it's difficult to sort through it all. But, um, and it can be daunting. Like there are almost, there's a real, there's a moment where, <laughs> and I know making like my first film, I felt like there was too much advice. Um, so I would say, um, take as much advice as you can handle, but more importantly than anything, learn how to tell a good story. It does not matter how much money you put into your movie, how much, how many people you have in your movie, how, you know, how long it is, how complicated it is. Uh, really dig into what makes a good story and, and refer and think back to like stories you've heard that resonate with you personally. And that can be books, that can be movies, that can be short stories, poetry, um, you know, even creepy pasta on the, you know, on on Reddit and message boards and all that stuff. Um, you know, short YouTube films you've seen, short films. Period. Um, those are all great resources for inspiration. And you know, inspiration is key. It's always good to be original. But the reality is, is that no one is truly a hundred percent original, and everybody is borrowing from everybody. 
So um, find those inspirational sources, find that guidance or find that, um, that advice you can, you can find um, and, and roll with it. And just, uh, you know, and then number two, just do it, you know, especially if you have a good script or a good story, something that, um, you know, really, really um, means a lot to you. And that in the end is going to be, you know, what gets you through making a movie. But number two is, is, um, is definitely, definitely um, hone in on that, on that script and, and hone in on that story. Um, and number two, just do it. That was just do it, start it. Um, if it's messy, if it's not perfect, I'm someone who struggles with parallel, you know, instead of acting on things, uh, seeing an array of choices and just feeling paralyzed. And, it, and you know, me personally, it's always been a struggle in my life to get past that. Um, at the end of the day, when it's done, I love it more simply because it's done. Uh, so yeah, just get into it. Grab a camera, grab another friend, you know, write something or brainstorm something around what you got, not what you want, what you got, and, and just do it. Uh, and you'll find that by the end of that process, those limitations will have, have, you know, moved you into, you know, into a space where you're forced to be creative and make tough decisions. But in the end, um, you're going to be, I guarantee you'll be amazed with what you come out with. If you just, number one, do your research and two, just do it. Just do it. And if you have, you know, one of the things I've seen is people just want to try to recreate a creepy shot from a movie that they really like. Right. So yeah. they, they will base their whole film around, you know, this reveal shot or this jump scare. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like those, that's, that's the bread and butter. That's the heart and soul of this fest. Yeah. Um, Homage is great. Yes. I love homage. It's, it, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, that's just kind of it. Doing that, a, um, you know, taking a, a technique like that is a. It works because it worked on you, and b. It's it's a nice you know nod to where your influences come from. And if yeah. somebody wants to dive a little more, okay, well he's using a lot of you know Carpenter or Wes Craven techniques. You know, mm-hmm. I always see this kind of shot in, in this movie and. Yeah, there's just so many different avenues you can go with um, making your own film. And if you want to, if you want to be the the director and the writer and do everything, if you just want to be the sound guy, that's that's it. And there's a whole community of people out there who are always looking for help, always looking for creative talent in any respect. Um, that's why I, I started up a uh, Discord server for Northwest Nightmares. This right year. on. You can find the link right on the website nwnightmares.com. Um, yeah, it's a little bare bones right now, but I'm trying. I want to load it with resources and uh, tips and tricks, you know, and get because as you know, there's kind of already this little, you know, cabal of people that are, you know, year in and year out are going to submit something, and whether it's great, whether it's terrible, they do it every year, and they have a blast. I just I want to open that community up and get those lines of communication going. One of the really neat things that I saw this year was uh, Mason Mashtair. Uh, he's been several uh, uh, film festivals here, and he's also been, he was a guest on just last week. Um, he just did a film called Contact High, a short film, and it had some 
special effects in it. And I thought I recognized him. And I noticed in the credits it was Joseph Wills. And I said, I know Joseph. He's yeah. doing films for Northwest Nightmares. Yep. It's, so to see these guys collaborate on a project outside of Northwest Nightmares when they probably, I don't know, I don't think they went to school together. So it's kind of just a community connection of creators. And that's really what um, I know you were always shooting for. And what I am striving to keep going is yeah. just... The when you, when you have the support of other like-minded people, it kind of gives you that confidence that you might not have otherwise. Yeah, and just to speak to that, you know, maybe I'll round it out to like number three, top yeah. three. Um, definitely reach out to, you know, friends and 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 family, whoever you can. You know, I, I there's been a lot of discussion recently about, you know, film director. I think. I think before the show we were talking about you know, there's a Stanley Kubrick um, reference, and it's really easy, especially with um, with film directors, to attribute an entire film to the genius and efforts of of one person. Um, usually they're men, um, and usually they're white. And the reality is is that it takes an immense amount of people to make a film possible. And, and make, uh, you know, these nightmares a reality and to delight so many people. And so um, if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, if you feel like you need an extra hand, um, the, the collective efforts of, of multiple people, while it is an extra layer of, you know, organizing, oh, you know, film dates, what works for you, what works for me, um, it's really important, and you'll learn a lot more than doing anything yourself. Um, in in a lot of ways, you'll learn a lot by working with other people. Um, thinking of, you know, the efforts of folks like you know you mentioned Mason, but a number of other people who have been doing films from year to year to year, and seeing their teams grow and seeing their teams change, and how that affects the film, how it affects the movie, and and uh, and the types of films they're making, you know, that iteration and that cooperation is like, is so key. And, you know, thinking back to point two, just do it. Yeah, just do it. So you can do it over and over again, get better and better and better. It's an iterative process. Um, so all those things, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really important too, um, connecting with other folks about this. Yep. It's also you know, in some ways, it's a lot more fun to do it with other people. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have a pizza party at the end. <laughs> yes, pizza parties all yeah. around. Yes. That um, last day of filmmaking. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, and my, the point I wanted to go back to, I'll probably mm. edit this, was the fact that if you are not comfortable um, making your own movie, you know you don't have the time, you don't, you're just apprehensive, uh, for whatever reason, um, give me a call and I can talk you out of all of those. Um, but beyond that, if you are, if, if for whatever reason you haven't, uh, you don't, you haven't made anything, don't want to get anything in, just come to the festival. If you like horror movies at all, it's, it's a bit surreal when, if you, to see somebody you know in your neighborhood that is, you know, a extra in a horror movie that you're watching on the big screen. And when you see somebody filmed their, their shot of this person walking a dog and they walked right past your house. And you're like, oh my God, my, my, my house is in that film now. Um, that's kind of the beauty of the local stuff. So if people in Franklin County and people in Chittenden County as well and, and south and beyond of that, um, please take the opportunity to go to the Sunset Drive-In. I don't think they're going to turn away anybody at all. We're going to have that night pretty much to ourselves. Um, 
Tickets are available uh, at the Sunset Drive-In box office or on their website for that. Um, he has told us that if he sells enough tickets where he fills up a screen, he's just going to put it on a, a second screen that same night. Well, Zach, thank you hey, so Ellen. much. Hey, well, thanks for having me. This, this is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm Alan Cunningham. I think that's going to do it for this episode of uh, the Northwest Nightmares Film Fest podcast. Be sure to check out our website for all of the uh, up-to-date information, including pricing, COVID policies, and any other uh, podcast episodes that will be coming up, any webinars that are coming up to help with uh, creative resources, practical effects. You know, if you have questions on lighting or, or framing your composition, we can... We can help you out with that here at Northwest Access TV. That's kind of a, that's our bread and butter. We love we love teaching. So if you have any questions, head on over to uh, six one six Franklin Park West. Stop over and say hi. Uh, yeah, and that's gonna do it, Zach. Thank you once again. Catch you later. Have fun. Bye.